8. Line of the horizon on a calm day at sea, or the long, horizontal line of a desert plain. The lack of variety, with all the energy and vitality that accompany it, gives one a sense of peace and rest, a touch of infinity that no other lines can convey. The horizontal lines which the breeze makes on still water, and which the sky often assumes at sunset, affect us from the same harmonic cause. The stone pine and the cypress are typical instances of the sublime associated with the vertical in nature. Even a factory chimney rising above a distant town, in spite of its unpleasant associations, is impressive, not to speak of the beautiful spires of some of our Gothic cathedrals, pointing upwards. How well Constable has used the vertical sublimity of the spire of Salisbury Cathedral can be seen in his picture, at the Victoria and Albert Museum, where he has contrasted it with the gay tracery of an arch of elm trees. Gothic cathedrals generally depend much on this vertical feeling of line for their impressiveness. The Romans knew the expressive power of the vertical when they set up a lonely column as a monument to some great deed or person, and a sense of this sublimity may be an unconscious explanation of the craze for putting towers and obelisks on high places that one comes across in different parts of the country, usually called someone's folly, in the accompanying diagrams, A, B, C and D, E, F pages 150 to transcribers note, diagram X and 153 transcribers note, diagrams I are examples of the influence to be associated with the horizontal and vertical lines. That is nothing but six straight lines drawn across a rectangular shape, and yet I think they convey something of the contemplative and peaceful sense given by a sunset over the sea on a calm evening, and this is entirely due to the expressive power straight lines possess, and the feelings they had the power to call up in the mind. In be a little more incident and variety has been introduced, and although there is a certain loss of calm, it is not yet enough to destroy the impression. The line suggesting a figure is vertical and so plays up to the same calm feeling as the horizontal lines. The circular disc of the sun has the same static quality, being the curve most devoid of variety. It is the lines of the clouds that give some excitement, but they are only enough to suggest the dying energy of departing day. Now let us but bend the figure in a slight curve, as at sea and destroy its vertical direction partly cover the disk of the sun so as to destroy the complete circle, and all this is immediately altered, our calm evening has become a windy one, our lines now being expressive of some energy, illustration, plate XXXII, fate CHA and PDRE, GIORGIO and ILUVER note the straight line introduced in seated female figure with flute to counteract rich forms, to take a similar instance with vertical lines, let D represent a row of pine trees in a wide plain, such lines convey a sense of exaltation and infinite calm. Now if some foliage is introduced, as at E giving a swinging line, and if this swinging line is carried on by a corresponding one in the sky, we have introduced some life and variety. If we entirely destroy the vertical feeling and bend our trees, as at F the expression of much energy will be the result, and a feeling of the stress and struggle of the elements introduced where there was perfect calm. It is the aloofness of straight lines from all the fess and flurry of variety that gives them this calm, infinite expression, and their value as a steadying influence among the more exuberant forms of a composition is very great. The Venetians knew this and made great use of straight lines among the richer forms they so delighted in. It is interesting to note how Giorgioni in his, Fate Champetra, of the Louvre illustration, page 151 transcribers note, play XXXII went out of his way to get a straight line to steady his picture and contrast with the curves, not wanting it in the landscape. He has boldly made the contour of the seated female conform to a rigid straight line, 
accentuated still further by the flute in her hand, if it were not for this and other straight lines in the picture, and a certain squareness of drawing in the draperies, the richness of the trees in the background, the full forms of the flesh and drapery would be too much, and the effect becomes sickly, if not positively sweet. Vandyck, also, used to go out of his way to introduce a hard straight line near the head in his portraits for the same reason, often ending abruptly, without any apparent reason, a dark background in a hard line, and showing a distant landscape beyond in order to get a light mass to accentuate the straight line. Illustration, Diagram X Illustrating, A Comrhythmic Influence of Horizontal Lines Such as a sunset over the sea might give, B Introduction of Lines Conveying Some Energy, C Showing Destruction of Repose by Further Curving of Lines, The Calm Evening Has Become a Windy One, Illustration, Diagrams I, Illustrating, Derhythmic Influence of Vertical Lines, E The Introduction of Some Variety, F, The Destruction of the Vertical and Consequent Loss of Repose, the rich modeling and swinging lines of the Bacchus and Ariadne of Titian in the National Gallery, here reproduced. Page 154 Transcriber's Note, Plate XXXIV, would be too gross, were it not for the steadying influence of the horizontal lines in the sky and the vertical lines of the tree trunks. While speaking of this picture, it might not be out of place to mention an idea that occurred to me as to the reason for the somewhat aggressive standing leg of the female figure with the symbols leading the procession of revelers. I will not attempt any analysis of this composition, which is ably gone into in another book of this series, but the standing leg of this figure, given such prominence in the composition, has always rather puzzled me. I knew Titian would not have given it that vigorous stand without a good reason. It certainly does not help the run of the composition although it may be full in steadying it, and it is not a particularly beautiful thing in itself, as the position is one better sweet to a man's leg than to a woman's, but if you cover it over with your finger and look at the composition without it, I think the reason of its prominence becomes plainer, Titian evidently had some trouble, as well he might have, with the forward leg of the Bacchus, he wished to give the look of his stepping from the car lightly treading the air, as gods may be permitted to do but the wheel of the car that comes behind the foot made it difficult to evade the idea that he was stepping on it, which would be the way an ordinary mortal would alight. I think the duty of the aggressive standing leg of the leading Bacchante, with its great look of weight, is to give a look of lightness to this forward leg of Bacchus, by contrast which it certainly does. On examining the picture closely in a good light, you will see that he has had the foot of Bacchus in several positions before he got it right. Another foot can distinctly be seen about a couple of inches or so above the present one. The general vertical direction of this leg is also against its look of lightness and motion, tending rather to give it a stationary, static look. I could not at first see why he did not bring the foot further to the right, which would have aided the lightness of the figure and increased its movement, but you will observe that this would have hurled the whole weight of the mass of figures on the right, forward onto the single figure of Ariadne, and upset the balance as you can see by covering this leg with your finger and imagining it swinging to the right, so that Titian, having to retain the vertical position for Bacchus' forward leg, used the aggressive standing leg of the symbol lady to accentuate its spring and lightness. A feeling of straight-upness in a figure or of the horizontal plane in anything will produce the same effect as a vertical or horizontal line without any actual line being visible. Blake's morning stars singing together is an instance of the vertical chord although there is no actual upright line in the figures, but they all have a vigorous straight-upness that gives them the feeling of peace and elevation coupled with a flame-like line running through them that gives them their joyous energy. 
the combination of the vertical with the horizontal produces one of the strongest and most arresting chords that you can make, and it will be found to exist in most pictures and drawings where there is the expression of dramatic power. The cross is the typical example of this. It is a combination of lines that instantly rivets the attention, and has probably a more powerful effect upon the mind quite apart from anything symbolized by it than any other simple combinations that could have been devised. How powerful is the effect of a vertical figure, or even a post, seen cutting the long horizontal line of the horizon on the seashore, or a telegraph post by the side of the road, seen against the long horizontal line of a hill at sunset. The look of power given by the vertical lines of a contracted brow is due to the same cause. The vertical furrows of the brow continuing the lines of the nose, make a continuous vertical which the horizontal lines of the brow cross see fig. In the illustration, the same cause gives the profile a powerful look when the eyebrows make a horizontal line contrasting with the vertical line of the forehead figure B. Everybody knows the look of power associated with a square brow. It is not that the square forehead gives the look of a larger brain capacity. For if the forehead protrudes in a curved line, as at C the look of power is lost. Although there is obviously more room for brains, this power of the right angle is well exemplified in Watts, Love and Death, here reproduced. Page 158 Transcriber's Note, Plate XXXV. In this noble composition, in the writer's opinion one of the most sublime expressions produced by 19th century art, the irresistible power and majesty of the slowly advancing figure of death is largely due to the right angle felt through the pose, not getting it in the contour. Watts has boldly introduced it by means of shading the farther arm and insisting on the light upper edge of the outstretched arm and hand, while losing somewhat the outline of the head beyond. Note also the look of power the insistence on square forms in the drapery gives this figure. The expression is still further emphasized by the hard square forms of the steps, and particularly by the strong horizontal line of the first step so insisted on, at right angles to the vertical stand of the figure, and also the upright lines of the doorway above. In contrast with the awful sublimity of this figure of death, how touching is the expression of the little figure of love trying vainly to stop the inevitable advance, and this expression is due to the curved lines on which the action of the figure is hung, and the soft undulating forms of its modeling, whereas the figure of death is all square lines and flat crisp planes, the whole hanging on a dramatic right angle, this figure is all subtle fullness both of contour and modeling melting one into the other, the whole hung upon a rich full curve starting at the standing foot of the advancing figure, and whereas the expression of death is supported and emphasized by the hard, square forms and texture of the stone steps. The expression of love is supported and emphasized by the rounded forms and soft texture of the clustering roses. On this contrast of line and form, so in sympathy with the profound sentiment to which this picture owes its origin, the expressive power of this composition will be found to depend. Illustration, play XXXV, Love and Death, by G.F. Watts a noble composition, founded on the power of the right angle in the figure of death. In contrast with the curved lines in the figure of love, see diagram opposite. Photo Hollier in the diagram accompanying the reproduction of this picture I have tried to indicate in diagrammatical form some of the chief lines of its anatomy. In these diagrams of the anatomy of compositions the lines selected are not always very obvious in the originals and are justly much broken into by truths of natural appearance. But an emotional significance depending on some arrangement of abstract lines is to be found underlying the expression in every good picture, carefully hidden as it is by all great artists. And although some apology is perhaps necessary for the ugliness of these diagrams, 
it is an ugliness that attends all anatomy drawings, if the student will trace them and put his tracing over the reproductions of the originals, they will help him to see on what things in the arrangement the rhythmic force of the picture depends, other lines, as important as those selected, may have been overlooked, but the ones chosen will suffice to show the general character of them all, there is one condition in a composition, that is laid down before you begin, and that is the shape of your panel or canvas, this is usually a rectangular form, and all the lines of your design will have to be considered in relation to this shape, vertical and horizontal lines being parallel to the boundaries of rectangular pictures, are always right and immediately set up a relationship, as we have seen, the arresting power of the right angle exists at each corner of a rectangular picture, where the vertical sides meet the horizontal base, and this presents a difficulty, because you do not wish the spectator's attention drawn to the corners, and this dramatic combination of lines always attracts the eye. A favorite way of getting rid of this is to fill them with some dark mass, or with lines swinging round and carrying the eye past them, so that the attention is continually swung to the center of the picture, for lines had a power of directing the attention, the eye instinctively running with them, and this power is of the greatest service in directing the spectator to the principal interest. It is this trouble with the corners that makes the problem of filling a square so exacting. In an ordinary rectangular panel you had a certain amount of free space in the middle, and the difficulty of filling the corners comfortably does not present itself until this space is arranged for. But in a square, the moment you leave the center you are in one or other of the corners, and the filling of them governs the problem much more than in the case of other shapes. It is a good exercise for students to give themselves a square to fill, in order to understand this difficulty and learn to overcome it. Other lines that possess a direct relation to a rectangular shape are the diagonals. Many compositions that do not hang on a vertical or horizontal basis are built on this line, and are thus related to the bounding shape. When vertical, horizontal, or diagonal lines are referred to, it must not be assumed that one means in all cases naked lines. There is no pure vertical line in a stone pine or cypress tree, nor pure horizontal line in a stretch of country but the whole swing of their lines is vertical or horizontal, and in the same way, when one speaks of a composition being hung upon a diagonal, it is seldom that a naked diagonal line exists in the composition, but the general swing is across the panel in harmony with one or other diagonal, and when this is so, there is a unity set up between the design and its boundaries, a good instance of vertical, horizontal, and diagonal lines to unite a picture is Velazquez's The Surrender of Bredot, here reproduced. Note the vertical cord in the spears on the left, continued in the leg of the horse and front leg of the figure receiving the key, and the horizontal line made by the dark mass of distant city, to be continued by the gun carried over the shoulder of the figure with the slouch hat behind the principal group. Velasquez has gone out of his way to get this line, as it could hardly have been the fashion to carry a gun in this position, pointing straight at the head of the man behind. Horizontal lines also occur in the sky and distant landscape, one running right through the group of spears. The use of the diagonal is another remarkable thing in the lines of this picture. If you place a ruler on the slanting line of the flag behind the horse's head to the right, you find it is exactly parallel to a diagonal drawn from the top right-hand corner to the lower left-hand corner. Another line practically parallel to this diagonal is the line of the sword belonging to the figure offering the key the feeling of which is continued in the hand and key of the same figure. It may be noted also that the back right leg of the horse in the front is parallel to the other diagonal, 
the underside of it being actually on the diagonal and thus brought into a relation with the bounding lines of the picture, and all these lines, without the artifice being too apparent, give that well-knit, dignified look so in harmony with the nature of the subject. Curved lines have not the moral integrity of straight lines, theirs is not so much to minister to the expression of the sublime as to woo us to the beauteous joys of the senses, they hold the secrets of charm, but without the steadying power of straight lines and flatnesses, curves get out of hand and lose their power, in architecture the Rococo style is an example of this excess, while all expressions of exuberant life and energy, of charm and grace depend on curved lines for their effect. Yet in their most refined and beautiful expression they are on the side of the square forms rather than the circle. When the uncontrolled use of curves approaching the circle and volute are indulged in and restrained by the steadying influence of any straight lines, the effect is gross. The finest curves are full of restraint, and excessive curvature is a thing to be avoided in good drawing. We recognize this integrity of straight lines when we say anybody is an upright man or is quite straight, wishing to convey the impression of moral worth. Rubens was a painter who gloried in the unrestrained expression of the zeal to live and drink deeply of life, and glorious as much of his work island and wonderful as it all island the excessive use of curves and rounded forms in his later work robs it of much of its power and offends us by its grossness. His best work is full of squarer drawing and planes. Always be on the lookout for straightnesses in curved forms and for planes in your modeling. Let us take our simplest form of composition again. A stretch of sea and sky and apply curved lines where we formerly had straight lines. You will see how the lines at a page 164 transcribers note, diagram XIV, although but slightly curved, express some energy, where the straight lines of our former diagram expressed repose, and then how in B and C the increasing curvature of the lines increases the energy expressed, until in D where the lines sweep round in one vigorous swirl, a perfect hurricane is expressed, this last is roughly the rhythmic basis of Turner's Hannibal crossing the Alps in the Turner Gallery. One of the simplest and most graceful forms the tying lines of a composition may take is a continuous flow, one line evolving out of another in graceful sequence, thus leading the ion from one part to another and carrying the attention to the principal interests. Two good instances of this arrangement are Botticelli's Birth of Venus and the Rape of Europa by Paolo Veronese. Reproduced on pages 166 transcribers note, diagram XV, plate XXXVII and 168 transcribers note, diagram XVI, plate XXXVII. The Venetian picture does not depend so much on the clarity of its line basis as the Florentine, and it is interesting to note how much nearer to the curves of the circle the lines of Europe approach than do those of the Venus picture were the same primitive treatment applied to the later work painted in the oil medium as has been used by Botticelli in his tempera picture. The robustness of the curves would have offended and been too gross for the simple formula, whereas overlaid and hidden under such a rich abundance of natural truth as it is in this gorgeous picture, we are too much distracted and entertained by such wealth to have time to dwell on the purity of the line arrangement at its base, and the rich fullness of line arrangement, although rather excessive, seen detached is in keeping with the sumptuous luxuriance the Venetian loved so well to express, but for pure line beauty the greater restraint of the curves in Botticelli's picture is infinitely more satisfying, though here we have not anything like the same wealth and richness of natural appearance to engage our attention, and the innocent simplicity of the technique leaves much more exposed the structure of lines, which in consequence play a greater part in the effect of the picture. Illustration, Plate XXXVII. 
the birth of Venus, the ODDICALI Florence a beautiful example of Botticelli's refined line rhythm. See diagram on opposite page for analysis. Photo Anderson in both cases note the way the lines lead up to the principal subject, and the steadying power introduced by means of horizontal, vertical, and other straight lines. Veronese has contented himself with keeping a certain horizontal feeling in the sky, culminating in the straight lines of the horizon and of the sea edge, and he has also introduced two pyramids, giving straight lines in among the trees, the most pronounced of which leads the eye straight onto the principal head. Botticelli has first the long line of the horizon echoed in the ground at the right-hand lower corner, and then he has made a determined stand against the flow of lines carrying you out of the picture on the right, by putting straight, upright trees and insisting upon their straightness. Illustration, plate XXXVIII, The Rape of Europa, by Paolo Villarolediesi Venice a composition of rich full forms and rich full color. See the diagram on opposite page for analysis of line rhythm. Photo Anderson another rhythmic form the lines at the basis of a composition may take as a flame-like flow of lines, curved lines meeting and parting and meeting again, or even crossing in one continual movement onwards. A striking instance of the use of this quality is the work of the remarkable Spanish painter usually called El Greco, two of whose works are here shown page 170 to transcriber's note, plate XL. Whatever may be said by the academically minded as to the incorrectness of his drawing, there can be no two opinions as to the remarkable rhythmic vitality of his work. The upward flow of his lines and the flame-like flicker of his light masses thrills one in much the same way as watching a flaring fire. There is something exalting and stimulating in it. Although, used to excess as he sometimes uses it, it is apt to suffer from lack of repose. Two examples of his pictures are reproduced here, and illustrate his use of this form of movement in the lines and masses of his compositions. Nowhere does he let the eye rest, but keeps the same flickering movement going throughout all his masses and edges. The extraordinary thing about this remarkable painter is that while this restless, and restrained form of composition makes his work akin to the Rococo work of a later period, there is a fiery earnestness and sincerity in all he does, only to be matched among the primitive painters of the 14th and 15th centuries, and very different from the false sentiment of the later school. Blake was also fond of this flame line but usually used it in combination with more straight lines than the energetic Spaniard allowed himself. Plates III and B in the job series are good examples of his use of this form. In both cases it will be seen that he uses it in combination with the steadying influence of straight lines, which help to keep the balance and repose necessary in the treatment of even the most violent subjects in art. A continual interruption in the flow of lines, and a harsh jarring of one against another in an angular, jagged fashion produces a feeling of terror and horror. A streak of fork lightning is a natural example of this. The plate of Blake's Wimber's Eye. Page 148 Transcriber's Note, plate XXXII, reproduced here, is also a good example. I have had it put sideways on so that you may see that the look of horror is not only in the subject but belongs to the particular music of line in the picture. The effect of the harsh contrasts in the lines is further added to by the harsh contrasts of tone. Everywhere hard lights are brought up against hard darks. Harsh contrasts of tone produce much the same look of terror as harsh contrasts of line. Battle pictures are usually, when good, full of these clashes of line and tone, and thrilling dramatic effects in which a touch of horror enters are usually founded on the same principle. In the picture by Paolo Uxello in the National Gallery, reproduced on page 170 transcribers note, plate XXXIX. 
a milder edition of this effect is seen. The artist has been more interested in the pageantry of war and a desire to show off his newly acquired knowledge of perspective, than anything very terrible. The contrasts of line are here but confined to the smaller parts, and there are no contrasts of light and shade, chiaroscuro not being yet invented. However, it will be seen by the accompanying diagram how consistently the harsh contrasts of line were carried out in the planning of this picture. Notice the unconscious humor of the foreshortened spears and figure carefully arranged on the ground to vanish to the recently discovered vanishing point. Illustration, plate XXXIX, Battle of Street GIDIO, Paolo UCCLO National Gallery illustrating the effect of jarring lines in composition. See diagram on opposite page. Photo Morelli lines radiating in smooth curves from a common center are another form employed to give unity in pictorial design. The point from which they radiate need not necessarily be within the picture, and is often considerably outside it, but the feeling that they would meet if produced gives them a unity that brings them into harmonious relationship. There is also another point about radiating lines, and that is their power of setting up a relationship between lines otherwise unrelated. Let us try and explain this. In panel A page 174 transcribers note, diagram XVII, are drawn some lines at random with the idea of their being as little related to each other as possible. Indeed by the introduction of radiating lines in sympathy with them, they have been brought into some sort of relationship. The line 1-2 has been selected as the dominating line, and an assortment of radiating ones drawn about it. Now, by drawing 7-8, we have set up a relationship between lines 3-4, and 1-2, for this line radiates with all of them. Line 910 accentuates this relationship with 1-2. The others echo the same thing. It is this echoing of lines through a composition that unites the different parts and gives unity to the whole. The crossing of lines at angles approaching the right angle is always harsh and somewhat discordant. For when you want to draw attention dramatically to a particular spot, but to be avoided or covered up at other times, there is an ugly clash of crossing lines in our original scribble. And at C we have introduced a mask to cover the soap. And also the angles made by line 3-4 as it crosses the radiating lines above 1-2. With a small mass at 11 to make the balance right. You have a basis for a composition. Diagram C not at all unpleasing in arrangement. Although based on a group of discordant lines drawn at random. But brought into harmony by means of sympathetic radiation. Illustration, play XL. The Ascension of Christ. By D-O-M-I-N-I-C-O-T-H-E-O-D-O-C-O-P-U-L-I called El Greco. Note the flame-like form and flow of the light masses, and the exalted feeling this conveys. Photo Anderson illustration, play XLI. The Baptism of Christ. By D-O-M-I-N-I-C-O-T-H-E-O-D-O-C-O-P-U-L-I called El Greco another example of his restless, flame-like composition. Photo Anderson in panel D the same group is taken, but this time line 3-4 is used as the dominant one. Line 7-8 introduces 3-4 to a 1-2, as it is related to both. Lines 9-10 and 11-12 introduce 3-4 to 5-6, as they are related to both, and the others follow on the same principle. By introducing some masses covering up the crossings, a rhythmic basis for a composition diagram entirely different from C is obtained, based on the same random group. In panel F-1-2 has been taken as the dominant line and sympathetic lines drawn on the same principle as before. By again covering the crossings and introducing balancing masses we obtain yet another arrangement from the same random scribble. I would suggest this as a new game to students, one giving another two or three lines drawn in a panel at random, 
the problem being to make harmonious arrangements by the introduction of others radiating in sympathy. Often in a picture certain conditions are laid down to start with, something as ugly as our original group of lines drawn at random has to be treated pictorially, and it is by means such as here suggested that its discordancy can be subdued and the whole brought into harmony with the shape of your panel. The same principles apply in color. Discordant notes can be brought into harmony by the introduction of others related to both the original colors, thus leading the eye from one to the other by easy stages and destroying the shock. Somewhat in the way a musician will take you from one key into another very remote by means of a few chords leading from the one to the other, whereas, had he taken you straight there, the shock would have been terrible, as it island these transitions from one key into another please and surprise one, and are very effective. Illustration, Diagram XVIII, showing how lines unrelated can be brought into harmony by the introduction of others in sympathy with them. A lines drawn at random. B taking line 1 to AS dominant line. C. AS at P but with addition of mass A's to cover lines crossing and restore balance. D taking line 3 for AS dominant line. E AS at D but with addition of mass A's to cover lines crossing and give balance. F taking line 5 6 AS dominant line G. AS at F but with mass A's to cover lines crossing and to give balance. Illustration. Diagram XIX. Showing how lines unrelated can be brought into harmony by the introduction of others in sympathy with them. H lines drawn at random, I lines drawn at random, J additional lines drawn to relate original lines and bring the whole into harmony taking line 1 2, AS dominant, K additional lines drawn to relate original lines taking 1 to AS dominant, L, the same ASJ with addition of mass A's to cover crossing of lines, M, the same AS.